We're back. We made it. What's up, music lovers? Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Music Maniacs podcast with Sight After Dark, your new favorite band. Uh-huh. I'm Dan Berg. I'm Sifa Graffiti. And today is a very special topic. I feel like our whole YouTube career has led up to this moment right now. Uh, definitely. <laughs> We're talking about a man. The only. We're talking about a myth. The one and only. We're talking about a really cool guy. The bona fide true guy. With a really cool mustache. The best mustache in the business. And his name is what? Frank. Vincent. Zappa. talking about Frank Zappa, mm-hmm. one of the greatest composers, musicians, rock stars, writers, guitarists, filmmakers, producers, all around dad of, <laughs> of the 20th century, <laughs> specifically in music and, you know, artistic endeavors. Yeah. So before we get into it, I just want to say that here on the Music Maniacs podcast, mm-hmm. our number one priority is not necessarily historical accuracy. No, we have to say not at all. Our number one priority is to have fun and to be entertaining for y'all for the whatever amount of time that you decide to spend with us. Yeah. We always try our best to be, you know, as accurate as possible, but it's just not going to always happen like that. No. So definitely tell us what we messed up. We know that Frank's fans are very, very intensely into Frank, so don't come after us, okay? We love Frank, too, yeah. and we love you for watching. Um, but, you know, try, try to give us a break a little bit, all right? So yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to do our best, and we're very excited to talk about you know, just an absolute genius in music, and I would just say kind of in life in general. Yeah, we know you guys bring the fan in fanatics, so um, we're definitely going to bring the fun in Frank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the maniac in music maniacs. <laughs> but we're talking about Frank Zappa. This was a man born in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, as Francis Ford Zappala. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> he later directed The Godfather and Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he was born in Baltimore, and his dad was a research chemist. Yes, for the Navy. Yes, for, for the good old U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. And he used to be working on facilities that had, like, mustard gas and shit, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, chemical weapons. All the safe stuff. All the, all the safe stuff that a young child should definitely be around. Yeah. And he used to literally bring home, like, as toys, like, gas masks Mm -hmm. and, like, tubs of mercury. (laughs) (laughs) What dad wouldn't? For his young son to play with. (laughs) Which, um, you know, maybe not always the healthiest thing to be exposed to as a young child. No. But, you know, it is what it is, and that's just kind of how it went down. You baby boomers. (laughs) Oh, you boomers, and you're you're playing with mercury all the time. But um, so even just right away, just from that start, I feel like that's a kind of an interesting place to grow up. Yeah. You absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah. To be involved with your, your dad being involved with the, the government and the military in this in this research of chemicals that it's like it's kind of a brainy yeah. thing. Yeah. So he already is like at a spot where he's kind of at a way he can like analyze certain things that are going on in society. Definitely a breeding ground for analytics and uh, definitely some mental geometry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And um, they moved around for a little bit and eventually ended up in California. Uh-huh. 
in a town called Lancaster. Yeah. Which I had never heard of before. No, I thought it was Lancaster, PA. I thought that was the only <laughs> Lancaster. You tell us, Pennsylvania, which one is better? Yeah, we're going to make a poll. Vote Lancaster, California or <laughs> Lancaster, Pal- Wait, California, I was about to say? <laughs> Pennsylvania? <laughs> but whatever. So, so Frank ended up in Lancaster, California. Yeah, about age 10. Yes. And by all accounts, there's not a lot going on in this town. No, no. I've heard it's pretty boring. I've heard it's pretty boring. And this is something that we've talked about on the podcast before. I think in the Tom Petty episode, mm-hmm. we were saying if you're from a town, and especially before the internet, yeah, where there's not a lot going on, there's only so much that you can really get into. Yeah. It's um, pretty much like drinking, drugs, music. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely other things you can get into working with your hands a lot. I'm Sports. sure those are towns. Yeah. For yeah. that. But yeah, Frank decided that he was going to get into radiology. <laughs> Frank became a meteorologist to fill the gaping void in his life. <laughs> and, no, no, no. So, so yeah. So they're in this Lancaster, which basically is in the desert. Yeah. So there's like nothing going on. So Frank basically ends up filling his time with music. Yeah. And from a young age, he was just listening to all kinds of different music mm-hmm. he wasn't getting formal training he was really learning all this shit himself yeah and this he has so many great quotes but one of my favorite quotes from him he was like if you want to get laid go to college if you want to learn go to the library mm-hmm. and he was going to the library yeah you know so he was learning all different kinds of music he was listening to r&b he was listening to blues but he was also listening to you know composers it was stravinsky stravinsky this guy uh edgar varice yes yeah who he did like a, I haven't heard any Varese yet. I'm definitely want to after this. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like, a, he's like a, the, the sound machine before there was Miami sound machine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I, the way that I understood it, he's just doing very like avant-garde, like um, dissonant things. Like, yeah. And just really pushing the boundaries of music. Yeah. So Frank, from an early age was like, oh yes, yeah. I like this. That I spoke like this. to him, which is cool. He actually wrote him a letter. Did you hear about that? Yeah. He wrote him a letter and um, he ended up getting a phone call. His mother set up a phone call for his birthday as well. But yeah. Um, Edgar was out on the town and he wasn't home. He mm-hmm. was he was doing Edgar things, but um, he spoke to Edgar's wife. Yeah, and she was just like, "You should call back, you know, when <laughs> Eddie's home. You guys can chit chat, young man." Yeah, and it's funny because um, Zappa didn't know where he lived, right? But he was like, just based on how crazy his music is, there's only one place that he possibly could live, mm-hmm. and it would probably be in Greenwich Village, mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah. And it just turns out that he was absolutely correct. Yeah. And Greenwich Village will return to the story later on. Yeah. So, so Frank was listening to all kinds of different music from a young age. Um, he met a guy in high school by the name of Captain Beefheart. <laughs> that was his name in high school. That was his legal name. He was only <laughs> ever had that name. First name Captain, la- middle name Beef. Yes. Last name Hart. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, so he's in he's in California. He said he used to literally bring his guitar to school. He did. And he said that like the rappers of today, he's like, you know how they dress in like hoods and like wear like shades and yeah. stuff like that. He was like he was going to high school like that with his mustache and, and small beard. As well. <laughs> yeah, with his little wispy at the time mustache. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I were in high school, if I would want to hang out with that kid or just talk about that kid. I'm trying to decide. And I tried to decide when he was telling the story because Frank is kind of like tall and handsome. So I probably would want to um, talk to that kid and be like, who are you? What do you do? Why do you dress like this? <laughs> you would definitely be curious. I would definitely be curious. But if he seemed kind of like, you know, 
like he wanted to chop people's heads off when he was walking down the hallways. And I'd be yeah. like, that guy's crazy. Yeah. I feel like his vibe is more like just, I'm trying to do my own thing. Like, I don't want to deal with all you stupid motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy, I mean, we'll talk about it more. This guy was just so smart. Yeah. Like, you can see when you look at, like, interviews when that people did with Frank. It's mm-hmm. like, he was clearly always the smartest person in the room. Yeah. But it didn't seem like he needed everybody to know that necessarily. No, only you when know? you messed with him and he had to pause the interview and let you know <laughs> let he you were know. a jerk. <laughs> he said, he has so many just great quotes. He was like, a lot of people think that hydrogen is the building block of the universe because <laughs> there's so much hydrogen. Me personally, <laughs> I think the building block of the universe is stupidity because yeah. there's so much more of it going around. I'm like, damn, Frank, how do you really feel? So, yeah, again, like we said, he was always, you know, he always had an analytical mind. Yeah. So he was always kind of like seeing society and seeing its problems and really just seeing right through the bullshit mm-hmm. all the time. All and, the time. And he really used his music as a way to kind of shine light on that thing, yeah. that kind of thing. So he ended up kind of getting a group together. Um, he actually, so he first, he joined a band Yeah. that, I don't remember what the name of the band is, sorry, but... <laughs> tell us in the comments. Tell us in the comments. He joined a band that already existed. He basically ended up completely taking the band over. Yeah. Because it's like, how are you going to, like, who, who's going to compete with him musically? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't remember what this band was called, but Frank comes in and now it becomes the mothers Mm -hmm. which was short for the motherfuckers yes because if there was a really fire musician on the town be like oh look at this motherfucker you know what i mean (laughs) yeah and he said that was presumptuous of them too because he felt at the time that they weren't that good to be calling themselves mothers motherfuckers hey you gotta fake it till you make it he definitely came out of that type of school and he kind of started out as a drummer a la stevie wonder you know Mm. i guess all the geniuses do that i'm gonna get a drum kit yeah i'm not a genius never mind <laughs> you, everyone's got to get a drum kit or else what the fuck are you doing you know what i mean um so i might be getting my you know the timeline mixed up a little bit but i know he at this point he was like also like f- going on tv like playing bicycles as an instrument <laughs> <laughs> which is just great go look up that footage on youtube whatever if you get a chance um so they were in la at frank zapp and the mothers of invention now mm-hmm and they're making this music. Well, he's making this music and composing this music. That's just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's just combining all these different styles of music and com- making it into a way that people never really heard before. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of intelligence in it. And again, like we were saying, he's kind of like calling out the bullshit of like American culture and American society. Yeah. Basically, like all the things that are kind of like natural and normal to us. He's putting a light on it and um, kind of trolling in a way, just calling it yeah. like as he sees it. And and that was why he wanted to do his project with the mothers because like before he said he did some other um musical venture and he was shut down because of making a pornographic video oh shit was that before the mothers yeah oh because i do know about that so i know that he had got a studio in california somewhere Mm -hmm. this was around the time he was with his first wife Mm -hmm. and he literally was living in the studio like him and some of his friends and they called it studio z yeah and he was doing film scores yeah not not necessarily porn right he was doing a lot of film scores but then he kind of gained a reputation as like the muse like the movie guy of the area yeah and the feds were like what what kind of movies <laughs> what kind of movies is this guy making so they basically <laughs> entrapped him yeah and they were like hey man we'll give you a thousand bucks or 800 bucks or something which you know was a lot of money then uh, yeah 
to make like a porn film for us or score it. And he was just like, fuck, okay. Like yeah. I'm a broke musician. I'll do it. So yeah. then as soon as he gave him the tape, they, he instantly got arrested. Swarm, swarm. And they, they completely, they took all the tapes from all of his music in the studio that was had nothing to do with porn. Yeah. And they just took all of his shit. And then they went home and listened to them and lip synced to them, to their wives and stuff. <laughs> and they were like, I love this guy. <laughs> but yeah, so he actually got thrown in jail for like a few days, I think. I don't think it, his sentence got commuted or something. It was supposed to be a few months, but it was only ended up being like a few days. Right. He didn't do hard time. But that was just enough for him to be like, wow, fuck all of this. Yeah. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Yeah. He eventually got some of the tapes back, I think, but most of it just kind of ended up getting lost to yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the end of Studio Z, mm-hmm. as they call. Mm-hmm. For um, Zoo? For... I what, think what's so. the Z for? I think it's just an alphabet thing. I think he just wanted to be the last person you think of for conventional music. Right. He was the last person you would ever expect to have a studio. So yeah. he's like, Studio Z. It's no other reason what we call it that. Yeah. Um, so so after Studio Z, uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers becomes a thing. They get signed. And it's funny because this they got signed based on their song Trouble Every Day, mm-hmm. which we did a re- reaction video to. Yeah. And the guy that signed him was like, oh, this is great. They're like a white blues band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they signed him based on that, thinking they were going to be like a white R&B band. Little did they know. <laughs> Little did they know. There were a lot more than that. Yeah. So they go in the studio. Who was it? Tom Wilson was yeah. the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go in the studio and they start recording the, so- the music that they're really making. Yeah. Which becomes an album called Freak Out. Mm-hmm. And this is some crazy shit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who are the brain police yeah. and all, all this shit. Again, just completely like destroying American culture. Yeah. You know, he's he was a satirist as well as a musician. Exactly. Yeah. And also kind of coined as the godfather of comedy rock. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the producers are like, oh, wow, this is what I signed? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <scared>. Okay. <laughs> so... It probably was a little scary. And it's also worth mentioning, you know, it's crazy now because you hear that and it's like, it's called Freak Out and the the music is so trippy, but Zappa never did drugs. Right. All he, he did coffee and cigarettes. That's it. I mean, the regulated drugs he did. Yeah. But yeah. Not, Only the healthiest. Not the illegal ones. Yeah. So it's just crazy because, you know, this is at the time, this was, you know, the 60s and the whole hippie culture was happening and he was basically satirizing that mm-hmm. into this album Freak Out, which is so trippy, but it has nothing to do with drugs. It's just, this is just his, his brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that um, a drug people would listen to. Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So they ended up putting that album out and it didn't do very well in america right but it ended up doing pretty well in other places yeah europe shout out to you and you know it's funny because i was thinking about that i was just like why would that be that i mean he's an american he's talking about america like why is it and then i'm like well yeah well he's making fun of america so if you're part of America and you're part of this society, you're going to be fucking annoyed by this. Yeah. You're not going to like this. Yeah. Whereas the people over in Europe, they're like, oh, you silly Americans. Well, you're doing a great job, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> you know the what hippies I mean? were like, you're supposed to hate the government, not us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, we're, we're the good guys, okay? Anyone that disagrees with us is wrong. <laughs> but um, so yeah, Frank puts that album out and they're in LA at the time and he was saying that LA was pretty conformist yeah at the time so it didn't really go anywhere and they were kind of running out of places to play in la mm-hmm. so frank is like we need to go somewhere where freaks are not only more more noticeable and accepted but a lot more frequent yeah so where do they go 
They went to London. No. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to go to New York City. Of course. Which there was no real scene happening yet, though. Which is hard to believe, in a way. As, yeah. as somebody who kind of grew up in New York and is used to saying, seeing a fair share of freaks all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to believe that there was no real scene in New York at the time. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I guess it... You know, there was obviously... I'm, I'm, we're just gonna use the term freaks moving forward but we use that as like a quote you know what i mean because yeah. everybody's fucking weird it's just who what kind of weird are you yeah you know what i mean but like i'm sure there were freaks in new york but just i don't know that they ex- were all together. exhibitionally weird yeah like right yeah and even like you know again we've said this before new york is so, big, is so big there could be a few freaks in brooklyn and a few freaks in manhattan and some in queens but they might not even necessarily know each other right right That's true but frank went to new york city specifically of course greenwich village mm-hmm. they had a a um what's it called residency yeah in uh the garrick theater mm-hmm. which was on Bleecker street yeah so i looked it up so shout out to the village uh quick side note anyone anyone here if you ever find yourself in new york city make sure you go to the music inn yeah. on west fourth street it's right by where the garrick theater was and it's just a great place lots of great instruments and just a cool vibe and great staff so uh-huh. check it out you're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, um, Jeff. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they gained a residency there and they did a lot better in New York. Yeah. Because again, people were more used to people kind of pushing the envelope in yeah. New York. Yeah. He always said the vibes in New York are really great. Like, yeah. you know, because we're just a bustling place over here. But um, yeah, no scene, but more accepted here. Right. So, so the scene kind of ended up galvanizing around them a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because they were there for six months. They were playing shows all the time, and every single show was different. Yeah. Um, there, was, um, there was a lovely lady that used to go to these shows by the name of Ruth Underwood, mm-hmm. and I've seen some interviews with her where she was just saying, yeah, like, you never knew what was going to happen on these shows. It yeah. was so exciting. Like, there could be one show where it's just all music there could be one show they're just talking about like fixing their cars and they're like throwing ice on the stage and then the next show they could just be doing like a droning like two hour song and then right in the middle they'll just play another song and you just never knew it was going to happen which is really really cool and crazy at the same time and i just want to say if you guys come if one of you comes to three of our shows in a row i will make you a band member yeah (laughs) (laughs) you'll get a sticker too um so yeah so they were there for a while just like really making a name for themselves and kind of i guess earning the respect of the scene and mm-hmm. like all that stuff and again nobody had ever seen this before so they were just like wow this is insane and ruth was um she was a student at juilliard at the time yeah and her seeing frank was just kind of like wow this juilliard shit is lame basically yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was like this is exciting like yeah. this is music this yeah. is art which is so cool she probably just had her eyes opened after that and she was like she totally got him like right away yeah you know which is awesome yeah it's just so, such a cool thing. I'm, I'm sure it must have been such a crazy thing to be at this show. She was even saying sometimes there was more people on stage than in the audience. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a really small crowd. Like Frank got to like know all the regulars because yeah. there would be certain people that were coming to all the shows. They would see him every day for like six months. Yeah. And then eventually their residency ended and they went back to California. And Ruth said like she felt like the heart of the scene was just taken out of New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So that's, that's kind of cool that you could just go somewhere for six months and be like, we run this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that kind of vibe kind of happened even into the 90s here in New York, too. If you were part of a certain scene, if you went to the same place over and over again, you became, like, literally part of it. Like Ruth is saying, like, you can get to know the person on stage because the venues are not that big. The backstage area is not that big. Mm -hmm. If you have, like, a hookup to just, like, hang out or get a free ticket or be there, then you could just 
become part of that crowd and right yeah it's a small small time before somebody's like hey you want to do a show it all i mean it kind of happened to us too you know hanging yeah. out talking talking hey you guys want to do a show mm-hmm. it just goes like that so that's cool absolutely so they finished their residency they went back to la and they kept making more albums mm-hmm. as frank zappa and the mothers and again america and this is going to be you know kind of a recurring theme America, not so much of a Zappa fan. No. <laughs> in general. Obviously, there's some people that like are Zappa freaks in America. The people that love Zappa really love Zappa. Yeah. You know, but as far as like the broader American culture, he was never accepted by that because no. he's just, he's tearing them up. He's trolling them the whole time. Again, like if you're the people that are being made fun of, you're not going to like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like even after a while, he was just like the people that like him are an isolated crowd even in his later years he was saying that like you know and it's kind of true in a way yeah but in a good way okay we got the best kept secret yeah (laughs) don't get too big on us okay (laughs) um but yeah and that'll be something that kind of recurs as we go through but so they put out like five albums i think in seven years in five albums in seven years as frank zappa and the mothers right before frank was kind of like I feel like I've gone as far as I can with this. Yeah. Because Frank always just had a crazy mind for music. Mm-hmm. And, and just like he produced and he his work ethic was just crazy. I mean, just 12 hours a day, every single day, just music, 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 music. And really at some point it became like, who can I get that's able to make this music that I'm hearing and yeah. writing? Yeah. And that that's kind of like a throwback to his dad. If you're dealing with somebody that's dealing with like chemistry and math and stuff like that, there's so many permutations Mm. right and that's the same thing for music it pretty much is math you know with feeling and like there's so many (laughs) permutations hopefully yeah they tried to say that um frank's music lacked emotional depth it's like what emotion no he didn't make me want to cry like you know so but yeah so that's just a throwback like how many formulas of this can i make and i think that that's just what's set in his spirit and he was just like hey guys let's do other things and maybe come back to each other right after a while and even um some of the people in the band were like yeah i mean we weren't necessarily the best musicians i mean i don't think anyone one of us could even read music Mm -hmm. and zappa he's a composer i mean he's writing music he's writing sheet music sometimes like you at some point he's like i need people around me that are able to do this and read this you know what i mean so we kind of broke that band up uh, the first iteration of the mothers, he put out a solo album, Hot Rats. Hot Rats, which was mostly instrumental. Mostly instrumental had one one voice on it. Yeah, Mister Mister Heart of Beef. Yes, returned yes. the captain. Yum. I'm the captain now. <laughs> which he I was learned the captain. Also, was mostly instrumental with one vocal, but still had a parental advisory sticker on it. I just found that out. I think I think that was a later album because I don't think the parental stickers happened until the '80s. Right, but someone still put a sticker on that. Oh, that's, after. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's well. I think that's just because they fucking hated Zappa. I think so too. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll get into that too because he. I mean, he was literally talking to Congress about this shit. Yeah. Shout out to our subscriber Charlie who let us know that information. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> to everybody that gives us any of their time at all. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um. So yeah, so he puts out an album under just his own name, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I guess Frank is going to go solo. Yeah. And then right when he does that, he gets his at, the mothers back together, yeah. but under a completely different lineup. Yeah, different lineup this time, including 
more people than you thought. Well, it's funny. I mean, I just want to try to go through because it's so hard to remember all the people that have been in all of his bands. But he, after this point, he reformed the Mothers many different times with many different band members. Mm -hmm. And there's so many great musicians within these iterations of the band. I'm going to try to name as many as I can. I mean, we got Ian and Ruth Underwood. Yes, the Underwoods. We got um, Steve Vai. Yeah. Who I, as, as a guitar player, I knew, I knew Steve Vai my entire guitar playing life. I had no idea that he started in Zappa's band. I did not either. Yeah, so that, be, I mean, obviously I don't need any more convincing that Zappa's legit, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, whoa, this guy, this goes way deeper than I thought. Yeah. Um, who else? Mike Keneally. Yes. He shreds. We got Ray White. Ray White. Great guy. We got, I mean, who else? We got Scott Tunis. We got um, that cute little drummer. Terry Bozio. <laughs> and other drummers, uh, Ainsley Dunbar, Chad Walkerman. Like, there's so many. Chester. Chester. Uh, Thompson, right? Yes. Yeah. Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc on the electric violin. Yep, 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 yep. Um, who Napoleon, else? There's so many people. Napoleon Dynamite. No. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. Um, he was there doing dance moves. Um <laughs> Uh, there's just so many like sorry to anyone that we're forgetting to mention but that's why i'm trying to say as many now because i'm not going to remember as we go through <laughs> to, to shout everybody out at the for time sure, uh, sure. ike willis yeah um adrian blue yeah that's true ah <laughs> okay yeah so he reforms the mothers and the second time he reformed or that he had the mothers it didn't go super smoothly right um they went to a show in switzerland mm-hmm at the uh, the Montreux Casino, uh-huh. <laughs> and some stupid with a flare gun. Yep. What did he do? Burn the place to the ground. He burned the place to the ground <laughs> with all of their equipment too, like yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah. Um. This uh, round now would be about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in equipment. <sighs> Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. And of course, this incident was memorialized in uh, in a certain underground song. By the name of Smoke on the Water. Yes. And after that, literally like a few days after that, they're playing a show in yeah. some dude. I guess he was jealous because his girl was like looking at Frank a certain kind of way. Girls, <laughs> don't go to the concert with your boyfriend if you're going to do all that. Okay. Yeah. Leave them at home. Somebody's got to get you home. And this dude basically rushed Zappa on the stage yeah. and like threw him off the stage and he fell like 15 feet to and, the ground on yeah. concrete. Concrete. And the band members thought he was dead. Yeah, they legit thought that he just got murdered. Yeah. And obviously he survived, but he got really fucked up. I mean, it, it hurt his back for like the rest of his life. Yeah, chronic. Like he said that his one of his legs like healed and was like shorter than his other leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. He fucked up his voice. It dropped his voice even lower. Yeah, like a, a third lower and like crushed his lar- larynx. He had so much pain for like the rest of the time. He couldn't go on tour, mm-hmm. so he had to stay in. He had to be in a wheelchair. And when he finally gets back on stage, you know, he had a cast on his leg, too. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy. But during this time, he was, you know, again, he wasn't touring. He was kind of stuck at home. And basically, whenever this guy has free time, he's working on music. So even <laughs> during this time, he's still just pumping out music and he's getting better and better. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, it just never stops. I mean, his catalog has got to be one of the biggest catalogs of anybody in, I mean, since recorded music. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean... He said his his catalog was like 1,200 titles. Yeah. I'm like, how is that even... I can't even wrap my head around that. I know. I know. There was an interviewer talking to him, and they were like, well, I counted like 42 albums, and it's like, I just stopped counting. He was like, how many (laughs) do you have? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's insane. 
so he keeps getting better. He he gets physically better, brings the mamas back again, mm-hmm. um, continuing to tour all over, and now he's getting into disputes with the record label. You know, there he's kind of getting over the whole record system, and mm-hmm. he really wants to be able to create, you know, independently. Yeah. And he fulfills his contract with Warner Brothers and then starts his own labels with distribution yeah. by major labels, yeah. which, is su- which is a super important thing to say. Yeah, I mean, that kind of put him in a top 10, which yeah. is really great yeah. for, for he, him. He ended up being able to be, have total control over his music. And he's now he's, he's able to produce, he's able to write, he's able to distribute all of his own shit. Yeah, and, and people, he was making an album every few months. It was like seasonal. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. I mean, this, his output was just crazy. And, and not only this, the output, but the variety of music that he was able to create is just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I know many other people that can do a super hard rocking rock song and then like compose classical music basically yeah and then like an avant-garde like art collage piece and then a blues song yeah and then just complete everything in between doo-wop yeah you know what i mean but do all of it super well right right we have um our immortal poetess lady gaga <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she's, she's definitely put herself in a little bit of that sphere, but she's not a composer necessarily. She is an instrument player, and she does play that very well. Right. And makes different types of music. And she does it well. Like, it does chart yeah. and stuff, and people do like it. But she's a little bit different. And you know there is a, a connection between those two. Bleecker Street? No. But, um, so, Italian this? So- I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the Italians. Um, but no, so I don't know what chronologically where this was, but at one point Zappa and this, he had it until he died, this huge house in the Hollywood Hills with his own recording studio in his house uh-huh. called the Utility Muffin Research Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And after he died, Lady Gaga bought that house. Go Gaga. So she had access to that studio as well. Which she I'm, knew. She I'm knew assu- the deal. Yeah. She, she knew what's up. She's <laughs> definitely a Frank fan. But like, I mean, that's also crazy. Because again, now he, he can record all of his stuff in his house, put out all of his distribution, all of his shit. He really made the life that he wanted. Who here wants to roll out of bed and work and that's it? <laughs> <laughs> so he really just created the life that he wanted for himself. Yeah. Which I feel like is another reason why he got kind of um, some hate and some underratedness because Mm -hmm. he completely broke out of the corporate structure yeah yeah. you know and we've talked about that before so it's like we've talked about like why is he not on the list of greatest guitarists of all time when he plays guitar in such an amazing way that not only is it does he just fucking shred but the notes that he chooses are just unlike any other guitar player that i've heard yeah and we always talked about like why is he not talked about in the upper echelon echelon of all music really and we think it's it has to do with that him going against the culture of america him going against the corporate america yeah and just always being him and his own person yeah you're gonna make some enemies like that definitely because there's a good amount of people who like just does everything that the country wants like you know what i mean like it doesn't matter who we're going to war with it doesn't matter what we did overseas it doesn't matter what kind of laws we're making here they just support the country completely and a lot of those people have a lot of power you know so you know kind of it's kind of and they're all cuban to see (laughs) sorry what they are It's, it's kind of an upset to see somebody like Frank who just completely goes against the establishment. I wonder, does it have something to do with having a military dad? 
Jim Morrison. Does it have something to do with that? I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Yeah, like if you if you if your family has that kind of structure that they're involved with and you see that, it definitely could make you want to go strongly the other way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and even like Heart in a way, you know, they're like the first you know, huge female rock band. They mm-hmm. kind of are like pioneers as well. And they, they're not necessarily anti, they're not anti-establishment and stuff, you know, but they come from like a military dad background too. Right. And they were kind of like the first, you know, to do it, quote unquote, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. You know, is it the rigidity of the household or your parental work that makes you be like, uh, fuck this or does it is it like nepotism it's like I can do what I want because my dad's part of the military fuck you <laughs> what are you gonna do about it <laughs> we are America yeah I mean I don't know there's definitely I think that has something to do with it but I think that the main thing is just again how fucking smart this guy is yeah and he's living in America in society and he's probably just walking around all the time like these fucking idiots <laughs> you know what I mean not me Frank like you know there were certain people you know he gets along with not you Sifa Thanks, Frank. <laughs> no, Sifa, you're fine. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like he just walking around, just seeing. I mean, we'll get into you know the the right wing Christian, the the his friends, the evangelicals. The evangelicals we'll get into that. But yeah. he's just watching American culture and just like this is so stupid. Yeah. But also the thing about him, um, you know, it's funny because he isn't. He's not partisan in the way that if there's something stupid. He's going to say it regardless of where you lean politically. Yeah. Right? So he started out making fun of all the hippies and shit, and that was what was big at the time. And yeah. then as he gets older, then the, the right-wing evangelical Christians arise and the Reaganism and shit, and then he's making fun of that. Yeah. So now, kind of, almost anybody could hate him. Yeah. And they hate that he's he, he knows the hoax of it all. Like, he says, like, well, you know, the media is not necessarily liberal. You mm-hmm. know, it, the people that make the laws and that um, regulate what you see on TV... They're not liberals. They sneak a couple of things inside the TV to make it seem like there's another side and we should all fight against that side, like the liberal side or whatever. But right. it's, it's really them. It's a, it's a Scooby-Doo of it all. <laughs> <laughs> it was really you the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that really just how smart he was is a big reason for how why he ended up being so independent. I feel like just the way that his brain worked, yeah. it's going to be hard to put him in a box yeah you know yeah, what i mean definitely so so now at this point in the 80s he's got his own home studio mm-hmm. and he's always trying to push the envelope yeah you know what i mean he's going to um what was it called the synclaver mm-hmm. synthesizer or whatever where it basically was one of the first like computer synthesizers where he's able to create music yeah. completely by himself yeah with a computer yeah which is this is the 80s i mean that must have been groundbreaking the time yeah and it must have been so freeing for him because like we were saying before you know we were talking about chemistry and permutations and when you bring in all these people to make your your vision come to life there's all these variables Mm -hmm. but if it's just you and the computer he must have been like oh i have complete control of this like this is the first time i've literally had control over every single aspect of this (laughs) this computer is my minion yes (laughs) basically (laughs) um and then obviously during this time he's you know he's he has a family but he's not really around too much. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like his relationship with his wife was kind of worse than a lot of people knew mm-hmm. because of what happened um, later. I, well, I don't want to I don't want to skip ahead, but um, he wasn't home a lot. Right. Right. And actually, so his biggest single, <laughs> this is so funny to me, was Valley Girl. Uh huh. She's a valley girl, valley girl. <laughs> Sing it. 
And the only reason that came to be is because his daughter, Moon Unit, mm-hmm. never got to see him so much because his he was like, the music comes first over everything, yeah. including really, it seemed like a lot of his family a lot of the time. Yeah. And his daughter was like, I never really get to see my dad. So her way of trying to reach out to spend more time with him was like, hey, do you want to like make a song together? Yeah. So they made this Valley Girl song <laughs> as a joke mm-hmm. and it becomes his best selling single in America. <laughs> you kids are useful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing i was thinking of because this song is making fun of the whole again the commercialism of you know american society and yeah. like specifically the valley in la which right. i've never been to la i don't really know shit about the valley but no okay the song doesn't paint it in a great light no <laughs> and it's funny because i was thinking like why is that his best-selling song you know what i mean like this this dumbed down stupid shit where he's making fun of everybody. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, well, again, he's so smart that it kind of only is right that the dumbest thing he makes is the thing that most of America likes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, this yeah. is kind of like poetically like the way that it's supposed to be. Right. We don't hate America, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'm just channeling my inner Zappa, okay? <laughs> don't come for us. Don't give us cancer. Don't. Oh, <laughs> you know you gave it to him. No, just kidding. <laughs> There's a story coming up. Yes. Yeah. Um, but before that, so we got another thing. As time goes on, eh, as time goes on in the '80s, um, he gets more involved in. I get well, not really involved with the government, but he becomes more noticeable to the government. Yeah. Because they start to do this thing where they're trying to censor music in a way they're trying to uh what was it called the parental music resource center or something like that it was tipper gore Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other senators and senators wives and shit that they were trying to censor music they were trying to put these warning labels on music correct and frank goes in front of congress to tell them why they're all a bunch of idiots (laughs) and why that's a bad idea and he basically was right because when you listen to what he was saying he was like all this is gonna do is make people want to hear this stuff more exactly and that's exactly what happened that is exactly what happened first of all it kind of goes into like well what are you doing with music that you feel like it's going to influence people so badly there was a a woman talking to him saying like oh you know they'll hear something about sex and want to go commit an act of violence and he was just like what is going on in that kid's home like sex is normal it's natural you know curses he looked up the uh foremost used words in american like english and it's like they're all curse words but you can't hear them like on the radio or on the tv and he's just like that's just crazy so i mean like what what do you want music to do obviously you're admitting now that it's influential and it mm-hmm. can influence influence like listeners and stuff like that. So it's only what you put out that you want to influence the people. Right. That's kind of fucked up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he, I mean, he testified to Congress that this was a bad idea. And it's funny because we were, I grew up in the shadow of that. That had already happened you know, was when I was listening to music. Mm-hmm. But we talked about this before. Um, when I was growing up, if I went to the store, and this was, you know, when CDs were a thing, and there was a CD that didn't have that label, I was like, this shit must be lame. Yeah. <laughs> True. Like, I don't want this. And if, especially if there was two versions, right? Yeah. There would be the clean version and the explicit version. You want to get the explicit version. You always want the uncut. Yeah, always. Right? I mean, I'm definitely not the only kid that thought that. No. <laughs> like, so Frank was totally right about that. And 
again, completely against the system. Yeah. So just all these things, all these little things add up to a lot of people not liking Frank again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including, you know, now government officials. Yeah. The biggest gang on the planet. Right. The USG. <laughs> the USG coming at you. And it's really interesting, though, because he continues to be a hero to a lot of people in Europe. Yeah. He becomes like a symbol of free speech. Yeah. You know, and there's certain places in like, um, like Eastern Europe that was under like the Soviet Union control that mm-hmm. he really is like, um, like a beacon of freedom for them. Yeah. At this time it was, uh, a Ch- was it Prague or it was Czechos- yes, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Yeah. Which is now two different countries, but back then it was one country and Frank, this, this is an example of you, your star just got too big. Frank, you just went too far. You know, he gets into cahoots with the president. Yeah. Right. And he's just like, look, you know, if you need anything done in America, you come see me. This yeah. is this <laughs> Just come talk to me. And they made they made the president made him an official representative yes. of the government of Czechoslovakia. Yes. Right? And, which is insane. Yeah. And he goes over there, he visits, he meets with you know all these government officials, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Mm-hmm. I think there's still I mean, there's statues of him over there to this day. So amazing. You know? Um and then who was it? Uh, it was the vice... Dan Quayle was the vice president, right? Yeah, at the So, time. at the time, you know, he's over there and the president of Czechoslovakia says, oh yeah, Dan Quayle's coming over and Frank's kind of like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, he says some shit about Dan Quayle and it, get ba- it gets back to him mm-hmm. and they already didn't like him because of the whole congressional thing where I think one of the people on the, the panel was like Dan Quayle's wife or some shit like that. So they already didn't like Frank Zappa. Yeah. And then they heard that Zappa was talking shit about him. Yeah. And Dan Quayle, this is in, this is the most insane part of this story. Dan Quayle says to the president of Czechoslovakia, hey, you could do business with the United States government. Yeah. Or you could do business with Frank Zappa. Yeah, basically that's how it went down. I think it was a congressman too who was like, who rerouted his whole trip just to come to like Moscow and tell them that too, like, okay, uh, all right, well, like, what's what's going on here? You yeah. know, do you want us or do you want Frank Zappa? Because he doesn't have his own country. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna start the country of Zappistan. That would have been <laughs> if he lived a little longer. That would have been uh, the next phase in his life. But um, yeah, that's just insane that you get to that level that like governments are literally yeah opposed to you like that yeah and that was like 88 so that's like around you know when they had to sneak in the suits and Mm. you know i didn't really think about that organize the conspiracy against him and get in private rooms it's like how can we get this guy what does he do what drugs does he do he doesn't do any drugs no fucking drugs oh shit i thought he was a musician what is he somebody's addicted to something he's got to be to something it's 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 the sex the sex all right let's get some girls (laughs) let's get some real hot girls (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's just, I just always thought that was insane. It's just like, how, also, like, how fucking petty are you? Um, you know what? Like, seriously. Like, do you live here? I know. It's just like, <laughs> like, this is just such a clear example of just like, you're really going to let this fucking musician, like, change your policies? Well, I mean, that's how easy it is to sway people. All they need is, like, a beacon of, like, a little bit of freedom, you know, because. Yeah. You know, we're in a free country, but there are a lot of things that people just don't agree with. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you got to regulate those freedom fighters. You know, what kind of freedom you're talking about? Freedom is a variable. You're okay? talking about our kind of freedom That's or your right. kind of freedom? That's right. <laughs> right? So, so, yeah. So, obviously, if you're the Czech Republic, you don't really have a choice in that situation. No, you, you need the arms. You need the soy. You need the wheat. 
Yeah, so you gotta go. You gotta choose the U.S. government over Frank Zappa. But that's what I'm saying. It's just, just even saying that it just sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, you have to choose the government or Frank Zappa. It's yeah, like, but again, it it kind of proves how what the kind of level that Frank was at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so around this time, um, he stops touring and has some health problems. Yeah, he was diagnosed with inoperable prostate cancer, mm-hmm. and. You know, obviously there are conspiracies about that. Yeah. Some people might say that, you know, there might be a lot of reasons to take him out. <laughs> but some people might also say, hey, you know, when you're playing with mercury and mustard gas and shit when you're a kid. Yeah. That can also kind of lead to some health problems later it can, on. And, you know, chronic cigarette smoke can lead to other forms of cancers said by the FDA. Check out their website. <laughs> <laughs> We're sponsored by the FDA. <laughs> We hate Frank too. They also, um, I mean, another thing, um, when he was a kid, he used to get sinus infections. They used to, the doctor just put radium tablets up his nose. As you should. As, as, mm-hmm. as all the medical professionals agree, is mm-hmm. the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things that um, could lead to a lot of health problems. And even, it was funny, I was watching, he did an interview with Howard Stern mm-hmm. in like the last year he was alive. And he was, Howard was like, oh, so Frank, you're still smoking, huh? And he was just like, yeah. <laughs> Why not? I'm already <laughs> fucked, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. so he wasn't gonna stop. But again, he never he never stopped making music. Yeah, because he had, okay, he already set this whole situation up for himself, where he can just be in his house. He doesn't have to do anything else. He yeah. can wake up, make music. He has a whole distribution network. He has people working for him. He doesn't have to leave his house to create to continue creating music and putting out albums once every couple of months yeah yeah they were well he was basically building his own country right there in the studio <laughs> he's building zapistan yeah in the re- 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 utility muffin research kitchen yeah <laughs> Gee, that's that's a mouthful frank he probably did that on purpose <laughs> but um yeah he continues just to create to continue creating music up until you know the cancer got him mm-hmm and the amount of music that he had probably still unreleased is just amazing i mean they were saying that he had archives in his house because he eventually had bought back most of his masters yeah. from before he started his own stuff yeah too. way before yeah and he recorded almost all of his live performances mm-hmm. so he had just archives and archives and archives in this house yeah and i mean i literally saw a documentary it was so funny it literally looked like they were going to an archaeological archaeological dig these guys they had the fucking hats with the yeah. lights on them yeah. and they're like oh wow look at all this stuff and it's like he's this wasn't that long ago dude he, right. he was alive three months ago yeah you know what i mean like yeah. but it's just insane the amount of creativity and the prolific nature of his work mm-hmm. it's really unmatched mm-hmm. i mean in in mo- the modern era i mean yeah. Who has put out that much music by themselves? Yeah, definitely. And just him as a composer and him as a person that had the ear for music, like his both sons, like um, Dweezil and Ahmet, were just like, they can't believe his ability to like hear a wrong note. Like, you know, like with all that's going on on stage and he will get it, he will hear it and know exactly what's going on. That and his ability to just keep making music to, um, what did he say, his... His goal pretty much was to annoy a lot of people that, you know, that got annoyed really quickly. Like if you're the guy that gets mad when somebody cracks a joke, then you've got a target on your back, according to Frank Zappa. And that also made me laugh. It kind of made me sad because I was thinking about it. He said something like, um, 
you know, I'm down to offend anybody that's easily offended. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, I wish Frank was around because yeah. there's so many people that are easily offended. Yeah. yeah. And he would just destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I really would have loved to hear what he would have to say about, you know, the present day. That's why. But, um, had to go. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, some people probably didn't want that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and he was saying th- the Dweezil and Ahmet were saying that you know he could literally be in a room with a full orchestra mm-hmm. and pick out you know a cer- one wrong note. Yeah, which is something that he had in common with another Francis, uh, Francis Sinatra. Yeah, that's you know, true. James Brown used to fine you five dollars if you mess up. If you ever saw him <laughs> yeah, on stage yeah. going five, five, that was the amount of money that he was charging his band for like screwing up. And I remember listening to those performances and not hearing like mm. it's all sounded good to me. Right. But yeah, yeah, that ability, also the ability to just um, when Ruth was saying anything could go down on stage and mm-hmm. he would do like a hand signal or right. he would like mention he would just be like and montana and then all of a sudden the, bo- the band would have to like start playing that you right. know that like that in itself was crazy and you would think like as a composer as a band leader he would thrive the most when he did his work with the orchestras and the symphonies Mm -hmm. but he kind of said that that was like the worst time for him because he felt like the quality of the music like they didn't really you know exude everything that he wanted to like portray in his music but that probably had to do with them kind of being like uh, i know they're skilled musicians but it's kind of like box musicians right you know it's and like that whole freedom uh, and getting into playing these notes they probably while they were playing the notes were like what the fuck am i playing yeah 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 they weren't used they were definitely not used to any kind of thing like that yeah but yeah definitely the one of the greatest music minds of all time mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's severely underrated because a lot of people again had some problems with him yeah and if it wasn't for that i think he would be widely regarded as not only one of the best guitar players mm-hmm. one of the most prolific composers all all of these things one of the most prolific producers yeah you know what i mean but uh, he was not getting that credit for a lot of different reasons yeah. so we're hoping that this can uh you know I don't know. I'm not not that we do anything, but we we want to spread the knowledge. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, this will probably bring out uh, a couple of trolls that we get uh, on a Zappa on a Zappa <laughs> <laughs> on a Zappa reaction. Who absolutely trolls welcome. All <laughs> trolls welcome. We'll take it if you're trolling us. We'll just take it as that being a tribute of you to Frank. I was about to say, yeah. I was just thinking about that before I said it. Like they've become a Zappa. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because we'll have people be like Zappa, talented. This isn't music. Ha 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 ha. You know. But something else I wanted to say, this is what I was saying. I feel like um, it wasn't really talked about, like, his family life. I feel like um, he probably him and his wife might have had some troubles that really didn't get out there. Mm-hmm. Because he, before he died, he said to Gail, his wife, sell everything, get out of the music business, it's fucking evil. Yeah. And as soon as he died, she did the exact opposite. Right. She created, like, the Zappa family trust mm-hmm. and, and bestowed upon the, the children percentages that she thought was fair. Mm-hmm. So she ended up giving Ahmet and Diva 33% each mm-hmm. and Moon Unit and Dweezil 20% each. Mm-hmm. So now what that means is that if Dweezil or or Moon Unit want to use any of Frank's music, they have to go to their younger siblings for permission. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked. Yeah. And Dweezil, as a lot of people would probably know, he really carried on the torch for Frank. absolutely. Because he had the guitar chops and he was, you know, a very talented musician himself. Mm -hmm. And he started touring 
Frank's music as Zappa plays Zappa. Right. And he actually got in trouble with his own fucking family yeah. for using his own last name. That he did. They sent him a cease and desist letter. Yeah. And he, this is really funny, though. But he ended up being like, oh, okay. So he ended up making a tour called like the fuck you, I'll play whatever I want tour, the cease and, <laughs> cease and desist version. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Which is great. And I think Frank would have appreciated that. But that's crazy, right? That you would like, yeah. that's your brother. Yeah. And you're, you're dad. You're going to really be a stickler about it like that? Listen, what do the contracts say, Dan? No. <laughs> I didn't read it. I wasn't there. Sorry. <laughs> but um, I mean, I know we're definitely missing things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so, he's done so much. I mean, if we tried to name all of his albums, that could be a whole hour podcast by itself uh, yeah all the albums and all the musicians you know that were worked with him let you know the, no it just couldn't happen there's just no way so again like we definitely miss some things like tell us what we miss mm-hmm. tell us what your favorite era of zappa is you know it's funny we used to say tell us what your favorite zappa album is yeah but it, everyone's like there's no fucking way i could pick one album yeah. there's so many different kinds of styles of music so I feel like it's more fair to tell us what your favorite era yeah. of Zappa is. Do you have a favorite era? I think the like the 77 seven, or to 84 era. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. like with um, the Palladium concert and Halloween. Yep. That's just like, it just feels special. When mm-hmm. you when you watch those videos, you're like, this is just some kind of magic here. Yeah. Not to say sure. that the other versions aren't. Right. But I don't know. There's just something about that. I just feel like he was really at peak, like live yeah form there yeah you know he, he was definitely in the zappa pocket the zocket the zocket <laughs> he's always in the zocket tearing up those solos yeah and it's something i've said um in some of the videos that we did reacting to his music i always thought it was really cool how he was so comfortable letting everybody have their shine mm-hmm. like he didn't seem like somebody that was like no 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 this is my music all the attention has to be on me all the time like right. he really understood like all of those musicians were able to bring something special to the table mm-hmm. and he let them go for it yeah and i even saw ruth was saying something like you know it was super structured we had to be under like you know the iron rule of zappa like no drugs no this blah 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 like we had it was very strict mm-hmm. but at the same time there was a lot of freedom in the music because at any point you know he had those the the hand gestures or the whatever. Right. He might just say something. All right. What do you say, Ruth? And then she plays a little. You know yeah. What I mean? So yeah. there's still a lot of freedom in it, even though it was so regimented. Yeah. Which for is sure. something that a lot of musicians said they really appreciated about it. Yeah. You know. Sounds cool. Man, oh man, Mr. Zappa, what a beacon of freedom. I'm I'm gonna call the presidents of Prague and also of um of Czechos. And also the Slovakia. Czech Republic and Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to call them up and see, you know, if they want anything represented over here in America, they could just call Side After Dark. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And then they'll get a call in a month. Hey, you could do business with America or Side After Dark. Okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just I feel like I'm missing something. I don't. It's just like, but it's, again, there's just so much to possibly talk about. It's like, and you know, we we just go off the cuff for this. We don't. We're not looking at notes while we're doing this. So no. so let us know what we missed. Let us know what you like most about Frank. Let us know what stands out the most to you when you think about Frank. Uh huh. For me, it just again how smart he is as a person not even necessarily just the music yeah just how like even you look at his eyes and it's like this is a smart fucking guy yeah you know when i was doing research i was just like i don't know if i want to hear the music or if i just want to hear him talk right you know it, it was a hard 
split down the middle you know so yeah i i just love to hear him talk you know about everything there was this um one interview that he did i just have to put this in here this one interview he was overseas and they were like okay well you make all your music making fun of the american way and stuff like that and now we see you're driving a cadillac now (laughs) he's like so what they're like well why would you be driving that isn't that like you know they're basically saying that's like the american car like you know what i mean a caddy and it's like everybody when you make it you get the caddy and he's like so what he was like the the difference is i was broke when i started he was like if i had the money to get a caddy then i would have had a caddy then too yeah you know so that was the funny part about that interview and then they even made like a little film after it where they Mm -hmm. like they put the interviewer inside the caddy and he refused to get out because the caddy was so roomy and (laughs) it was great and like i mean just a total america's first troll that's a bad bad way to say it but that's a good a way to troll say it. pioneer exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh he also he put out a movie at one point 200 motels yes yeah he part of the the band at one point was a uh, flo and eddie yeah from the turtles yeah who couldn't use their original names either in the turtles because they were hit with a bunch of lawsuits and concerns because right, right. of that whoa come yeah. on and it's just funny because that show because during the time when they were in the band it was very like slapstick like comedy oriented yeah. which again could be why, another reason why he's considered like the godfather of comedy rock mm-hmm. um and that's just it's such a contrast to like his stuff before which was so was very uh political and satire yeah to just go into this like comedy and then eventually go back to making fun of the other side of the political spectrum right which is all those the fucking evangelicals and shit yeah with their heavenly bank accounts (laughs) and such (laughs) so there's just that's what i'm saying it's like i really just hope that we're doing him justice yeah because there's so many different aspects to who frank was Mm -hmm. not only in business Mm -hmm. but in music but Mm -hmm. in art you know and he just did so many things that it's really hard to sum it up in a one hour conversation yeah 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 um i appreciate his advocacy for self-learning self-teaching you Mm -hmm. know because what did he say i'm a middle-aged dad of four kids middle-aged italian dad okay because that's a difference of four kids and he was like with a high school education Mm -hmm. you know um i think he went to like one semester of college and it just left but like where he learned how to film porn Sorry. <laughs> but like, teaching yourselves, if you want to learn something, if you want to know something, you go out and do it. And this is like, he was teaching himself this before there was an internet. He actually right. put on shoes, left the house and was like, this is my mission today. And that's like one of the greatest things an, uh, uh, such a genius artist could mm-hmm. ever say to anybody that's trying to get into not only music, but trying to do anything. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and that's a good point. I feel like listening to Frank not only makes you you know kind of understand him but it makes you think more yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the greatest thing that an artist can really do is to like create sparks in other people Mm -hmm. and especially like you know i mean i would say nobody was making music like him at the time but nobody's really ever made music exactly like him no so i just imagine there's so many people that probably heard zappa for the first time and just like you know a light bulb went off their head Mm -hmm. they're just like wait you could you could do something like this this is insane (laughs) yeah you know what i mean and this the amount of creativity that was probably sparked because of frank is you know that's something that you know you can't really quantify that but it's just it's just truth 
Yeah, yeah, I could definitely say that. I could say that about the punk era, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because he was big in Europe as well. And, you know, he's one of those artists that talk about that people say, you know, he was on people are on the stage for too long in the 70s and they want to come out with their own kind of thing. I definitely felt like he started away for that. A lot of his sounds started away for like early hip hop too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I could say he had a hand in just about everything. So, yeah, definitely people hearing Frank Zappa like sparked a lot of like internal flames where you could just right. be like, Oh man, I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Like, you know? Right. And that's like, not even to mention the fact that you could take any singular aspect. Like me as a guitar player, I could just study his guitar playing forever. Right. But he also is co- compose and conduct music and literally be the conductor at the front with the, with the wand and all that shit. Exactly. So it's just amazing. Like anything, if you're a musician, like any kind of music that you're into, you could probably find something from Zappa to be inspired by. Yeah, correct. Which I don't know how many other artists you could say that for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure there are many artists that, um, will like not necessarily be into Zappa but like you said when you were like well Steve I played for him I'm sure there are people that can be like oh man this artist plays for him that artist plays like Adrian right. like so many other people and be like well I like them what about Zappa do they like like you know what I yeah mean? you could start a little rabbit hole I love um that he credited Steve I stunt guitar yeah <laughs> which is just hilarious yeah and um yeah I mean only only musical excellence when it comes to Zappa. Exactly, exactly. Should we do a part two? The musicians of the Zappa band. Maybe uh, maybe that'll be Patreon only. <laughs> that, that's a teaser, guys. Check us out on Patreon. Help us keep doing this. Patreon.com, yeah. that's Music Maniacs. <laughs> also, check out our music. We make music. Yeah. Sight After Dark, S-I-G-H-T-A-F-T-E-R-D-A-R-K. Uh, wherever you stream music, uh, check out our other YouTube channel where we do, you know, our original stuff and we right. do reaction videos. Yep. Um, check yeah. out our Zappa reaction videos. We got a lot of them. A lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that we should say? No. No. All right. So you heard it here. <laughs> we got nothing else. <laughs> We're zapping out. So thanks again for being here. We're the Music Maniacs. We're Side After Dark. Yep. Tell us why you love Zappa. Tell us all your favorite things about Zappa in the comments. And we'll see you soon. See ya.